the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Post-resurrection appearances of Jesus changed everything. The gloom was replaced by joy and hope and faith and excitement and confusion as reports spread of Jesus' appearances. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Welcome to the Friday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And special services are planned this weekend, as you might imagine, Easter weekend. You can find the details on the web at highlands.us. I'll share them with you quickly here at the top of the broadcast. Service times are 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. on Sunday, plus a 5 p.m. Sunday service, and there are drive-in service times as well. Once again, you'll find the details on the web at highlands.us. And you'll need to call to register for a service. The number is 650-873-4095. And now, in chapter 20 of the book of John, here's Pastor Layton. Christianity is about relationship, not religion. This is so clearly illustrated in this encounter between Jesus and Mary. Peter and John, they'd already gone home, but Mary remained, sobbing uncontrollably, according to the original language, distraught that someone had taken away the body of Jesus, and she didn't know where. And as she continued weeping, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. This is the first mention of it. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. And the Old Testament angels appear regularly as human visitors, and they're around when God is doing His work. So one would expect that when God was doing His greatest work here that they would be found as well. But did you notice something interesting? That it was two angels, one at the head and one at the feet, And Jesus would have been between them. In Exodus 25, God instructed the people of Israel as to the building of the tabernacle and the building of the Ark of the Covenant. Listen to the instructions God gives. You shall make a mercy seat of gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its breadth. And you shall make two cherubim of gold. Cherubim is a type of angel. Remember, Isaiah 6 mentions cherubim and seraphim, two types of angels. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work shall you make them, on the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub on the one end, and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim shall spread their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces, one to another, toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony that I shall give you. There I will meet with you. The ark of the covenant had a place on top of it called the mercy seat. 
And once a year, the high priest would take the blood of a sacrifice and sprinkle it on the mercy seat between the two angels, and there God would meet with man. However, since Jesus Christ left the tomb sprinkled with his blood between two angels, God meets with man on the basis of the dead, buried, and resurrected living Christ. There is a new mercy seat. And there is no longer any need to sprinkle it with blood because that has been accomplished once and for all in Christ Jesus. There were two angels in the tomb, one at Jesus' head, the other at his feet. The New Testament book of Hebrews explains many of the Old Testament forms of worship, expression and how they point to Jesus as their fulfillment. Verse 13 They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So Mary's answer reveals her paradigm. It doesn't even occur to her that Jesus might have risen from the dead. She's convinced that someone has taken and relocated the body. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Now, it is possible that she might have been blinded by her tears, but... When you read through the resurrection accounts, there's a certain tension. You see, on one hand, Jesus' resurrected body can be touched and handled, and it bears the marks of the wounds that were inflicted upon him before his death. And in that body, he not only cooks fish, he also eats fish. And yet, on the other hand, Jesus' resurrection body apparently rose right through the grave clothes, and appears right through the walls and doors of a locked room, and is sometimes not initially recognized, such as in the case of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They didn't recognize Jesus until he revealed himself to them. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, If you have carried him away, then tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Mary thought, it must be the gardener. Who else would be here this early in the morning? And maybe he received orders to remove the body of this executed criminal that had been placed in the tomb in, in such a hurried fashion. And so she offered to make arrangements to give the body a proper burial. Now, regardless of the cause of her blindness, Jesus opened her eyes with a single word. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus had said the good shepherd calls his own sheep by name and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And she knew the voice of Jesus. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. So evidently she was so overwhelmed to see Jesus, she clung to him as though she was never going to let go. And that's why Jesus said to her, don't cling to me. It was not that Jesus could not or should not be touched. 
That's evident because later he invited Thomas to put his hands into the wounds. But notice that Jesus says, Go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. This is the first time that Jesus addressed the disciples as brothers. He'd called them friends, but never brothers. You see, what Jesus accomplished on the cross made it possible for us to have a new relationship with God. That God adopts as His very own children those who put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That He is the firstborn among many brethren. And because of Jesus, believers can address God as Father. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm ascending to my Father and to your Father. To my God and your God. Mary responded in obedience. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord! And that she had said that he had said these things to her. I think it's important for us not to miss the significance of the fact that these important messages were entrusted by Jesus to a woman in a very patriarchal society. According to the Jewish Mishnah, among the Jews, women are not permitted to bear witness. Well, the next appearance, the second post-resurrection appearance of Jesus that the apostle chose to include in his gospel was again to the disciples, but for some reason, and we're not told why, Thomas was not among them. Verse 19, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. See, the authorities had killed Jesus and the disciples assumed they might be next. The gospel of Luke mentions it wasn't just limited to the ten disciples. There were others with them in this room. And the purpose of identifying the doors as locked was to underscore the miraculous nature of Jesus appearing in the midst of his disciples. As his body had evidently passed through the grave clothes, he also passed through the walls or doors, locked doors of this room. And Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. This was to assure them that it really was him. Luke's gospel expands the description of the event, but they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do, you, why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch and see, for spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And then Jesus asked them for some food and ate it in front of them, something that a ghost or a spirit could not possibly have done. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, and Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. Luke's gospel adds that, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. John's gospel continues, As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. 
As the Father commissioned Jesus to be his apostle, his representative, his sent one, so also Jesus commissioned the disciples. They were to carry on his work. Verse 22, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Luke's gospel adds, And behold, I am sending the promise of the Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. A week after this event, the disciples were still in hiding in a locked room. It was not until the day of Pentecost that the disciples received the power of the Holy Spirit necessary to empower them to fulfill their commission. Well, we'll pick things up once again in the book of John on Monday at this same time. I hope you can join us. This is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. And as you might imagine, there are special services this coming weekend. You can find all the details on the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You can also call for further information, 650-873-4000. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you, as always, for joining us today. Have a blessed Easter weekend, and come back on Monday at this same time for more study in the Word of God, verse by verse.